0: You're listening to... You're listening to... You're listening to... You're listening to... The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Thanks for being here with us. We're thrilled that you would come out tonight and put a mask on and be inconvenienced in that way to spend time together with Jesus. We're just glad that you're with us. It'd be no fun to do this if you all weren't there. But I do have to admit that preaching to a crowd where I could not tell any expression whatsoever is a daunting task. I looked at Andre this afternoon and thought... And said, I'm going to have no idea what they're doing behind their masks. So, you know, maybe if you feel, like, so compelled, you could, like, give me a thumbs up or high-five the person next to you or something. If something sounds good or I don't know. But it, it just it, it's a little different. It's a new day. It's something new. But tonight we're going to look at having the attitude of Jesus. This is Weeville, I believe, week three. we've been looking at what it, what it looks like to be a part of a community. Isn't that graphic, like, so amazing? And on this screen, it's like, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. But we've been looking at what it really means to be a community, to to live life together, to live life together in the manner and way of Jesus. And tonight, we're going to look in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So if you are so inclined as to turn into an actual real Bible, feel free to do that. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. Let's read it together. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Who's feeling tender and compassionate this evening? Anyway? Okay, just Jay. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. That's really what Weevil is all about. Verse three says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And In the next few verses, there's going to be some words that I'm going to want you to say with me. Are you ready? Verse 5. You must. Say must. Oh, good. Have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7. Instead, he gave up. Say gave up. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. And was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled. Say humbled. Say humbled. Humbled you got really quiet on. I can feel that. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor. And gave him the name that is above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory. Say glory. Glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us tonight, that your word is very clear, that if two or three gather in your name, you're right there in their midst. Technical difficulties, a preacher who doesn't turn on, know how to turn on a microphone, doesn't matter. You're here. And we thank you that you're here, and we are so honored that you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, would presence yourself among us. And so now in these next few moments, my simple prayer is that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing to you, O Lord. Let us hear something tonight, Jesus, that makes us want to be a little bit more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this is really simple tonight, okay? This passage is like no big deal at all. Are you ready? Here's the things we have to do. Agree with each other, love each other. Work together, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress anybody. Be humble. Don't look out for yourself. Be more interested in everybody else than you are in yourself. And then it says, you must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. No big deal, right? Easy? I mean, the girls on the front row think that's super easy. Are you guys with them? To me, I look at that and think, okay, yeah, sure, how? What what in the world does it look like in 2020, COVID-19, Year of something new, all these things. What does it actually look like to have the same attitude that Jesus had? How in the world do we do all those things? How in the world do we get there? Because our world that we're living with right now, I'm not sure if you've noticed this. Maybe you guys don't have these things that you notice, But I've noticed that our world is sort of overflowing with things like disagreements, political disagreements, disagreements about how we should handle our health care, about vaccinations, about whether the police are good or whether they're all crooks whether we should kneel at the anthem or stand at the anthem, whether our kids should be in virtual school or hybrid school or all the way at home school or all the way in school, we're disagreeing and arguing about everything. Even people who all love Jesus don't see some of these things the same way. If we pulled this room and we were honest, we'd probably be a 50-50 split on what we think about so many of these things. So how do we come together as a WeVille people who are all living in community and say, we don't agree on so many things. I see the world a little differently than you see it because of where I was raised and how I was raised and things that I believe deeply about. But we can all agree on one thing. We want to and need to be more like Jesus. That if we're going to make it in a community together of believers and if we're ever going to bring anybody else into this community with us, an attitude like Jesus had is the only way to go. We're literally surrounded, and possibly consumed by on some days things that are the exact opposite of Jesus' attitude. But thank goodness for the Word of God. Thank goodness that we've really been given a blueprint in this passage of just some simple practical ways that we can be like Jesus. In this passage, there are three ways that we can take on Jesus' attitude, and so we're just going to quickly look at those tonight. It's not easy, I admit, to you. Um, I often have prided myself on the severity and intensity of my own attitude. I don't know if you grew up a Jersey girl. It sort of comes with the territory. You're sort of marked by And if you don't have it enough, someone will try to help you get it. We're we're proud of our attitude, but really the attitude we're supposed to have is not one that can um, defend ourselves or put somebody else in their place so much as one like Jesus had. Can we look at this together tonight? In verse 7, it says this. It says, Jesus gave up. Number one is that Jesus gave something up. He literally was in heaven. I know, you know, some of you might feel like New Jersey is heaven on earth. But we're not anywhere close to living in heaven right now. When I'm at the beach, I can be like, this is, you know, as close to heaven as I feel like I'm going to get. But Jesus was in literal, actual, real heaven. And I don't know if we think about this on a daily basis, but he made a choice to leave that, to come to earth, to become a human and take on all that it means to be human, pain, frustration, weird people around him, people that annoyed him, people that didn't think the same way as him, people that attacked him and tried to belittle him and put him down. And he was willing because of his love for us to give up some things. And then later he gave up his actual life. But Jesus was willing to give something up and And he even took the position of a slave. Remember the verses where he's washing people's feet? We have a problem in our home at the moment, and it's that our dog, Luca, who we love very much, does not want to let us clip his toenails. It's about all I can do. We try to wrestle him down. Lucy's like the, the guru of it, and she can woo him to sleep a little bit and do one or two at a time. But I don't know about you. I don't want to touch anybody's feet let alone people who were wearing sandals and walking miles, and that Jesus, he came from heaven, remember. But he loved us so much he was willing to to be a slave, to be a servant, to wash people's feet. He was born as a human, and all that takes and all that means, the weaknesses and the pain he felt at all, because he was willing to give up his divine privileges. As I was pondering this thought and thought like, I don't really think, can we grasp as humans on earth today in New Jersey in 2020? What in the world that actually means that he gave up divine privilege? Because we've never had divine privilege. Have any of you ever been a prince or a princess or a king or queen? None of us. We might think we're, you know, call ourselves queen or whatever. But we're not really. We're not royalty. We're not divine. And yet, we don't want to serve the people around us. But Jesus gave up his throne in heaven and came down. And watched people's feet. I just got this picture in my head as I was pondering that. I don't know. I used to love to watch like crime shows and police shows, cop detective type shows. And then once I had kids and so many of them were involved with kids getting hurt, I just couldn't watch them anymore. But I used to love them. And now I work with police officers every day. And I just got this picture of what it would be like to give up divine privilege. Have you ever seen in a police show where an officer, maybe he gets in trouble Maybe he's being suspended. He did something wrong. And he walks into the chief's office. And the chief is sitting behind his desk. And the chief is usually a very formidable figure. And the officer takes off his badge. And he unholsters his gun. And he puts it down on the chief's desk and slides it. And in that moment, that man or woman who was once a person of authority, a person who carried the power of your life and death on their hip, The person who could arrest you, put you in jail, who could help you in your greatest time of need, who could catch the bad guy, is now just a regular person all of a sudden. That's the closest picture I could come up with of what it might have been like for Jesus to leave his throne, come down and say, I love you so much. I just want to be like you and I want to be with you. You know, in a tiny, tiny way. We felt a little bit of this when we moved here from Tennessee. We'd been in the same place for 15 years. We'd established ourselves in a a job, and a church, and we had some authority, and we had some power, and we kind of meant something to be a mowerman, and then we got here, and people were like, you're who? How do you say You lived in Tennessee? I'd be like, no, but I was born in New Jersey. I promise. I belong here. I'm from here. But it didn't really mean much. So we, we gave up all the authority we'd ever had and moved to a new place. But Jesus Ruled the world, command the oceans. And his attitude was one that was willing to give up. What Jesus gave up for us is really unimaginable. Ultimate power laid down for us so he could come down and lay his whole life down for us. But what is there for us to give up so that we can be like Jesus? How can we have an attitude like Jesus today? What is there for us to lay down? And, you know, the main thing that I can think of is that we love to talk about what we have, our rights as Americans. We have the right to believe what we want to believe and go where we want to go. And nobody can tell us what we can think and all these kinds of things. But we don't want anyone else to tell us anything about anything because we have rights. Yes, we do. Thank God and God bless America. I love being an American. But I wonder if sometimes we hold on to things like it's our right to hold on to it. That we were never really meant to live in that kind of a way. Like, do I, have the, do I hold on to the right to be mean to somebody just because I feel like it? Because I'm in a bad mood that day? Because, you know, I have the right to feel how I want to feel. You can't take away my rights. I wonder if sometimes we, we feel like we have the right to make fun of somebody because they believe differently than we do. They have a different ideology so we can make them sound like a fool or look like an idiot because we have the right to. You know, we watched some debates, and you know what I was looking for? I was looking for somebody that seemed like maybe they had a little bit of respect and dignity. But all I saw was people trying to make the other one look terrible. That didn't do much for me. I don't know. I was hoping somebody would look like, I'm going to be respectful and dignified, no matter what the other person does. Because we, have, we feel like we have the right to defend ourselves to stand up for ourselves, to always make sure nobody steps over us. And yet we serve this Savior who we're called to have an attitude like, who laid down everything and gave up every right so he could be with us. I wondered if I could propose to you something tonight, that maybe we could take our holster, out of our holster, take our badge off and slide it across the chief's desk for a moment. I'm going to make a true confession to you. When we were first getting ready to come back and have an in-person service, I didn't want to. You know why? Because I hate wearing the mask. It drives me nuts. I feel like I can't breathe. I start to feel like I've got to get out of here. I'm going to panic. I'm going to freak out. I know I'm a weirdo because I like my own control. And the mask feels like somebody else is in control. But you know what I was just thinking about today? What if we gave up the right to gripe about the mask? simple thing. Easy. No big deal. What if we said from today on I'm not complaining one time about putting the mask on because we don't know. We think we know. We think we know what the medicine, medical stuff says and we think we know the right answer. We don't know. Can we admit today that we really don't know? We don't know. But you know what I can guarantee you? If Jesus Christ was walking on this earth today, he'd be wearing his mask and he wouldn't complain about it because he would say if this mask might protect one other person from getting sick, I'll wear it happily and gladly. I'll lay down my right. I know this is a silly, simple example, but it's the world we're living in right now. The reality is that we don't like them. How many of you walked up to the door of the grocery store and been like, oh, stink. I left my mask in the car. I have to trek back. And then you're tempted to just go home because you're so <laughs> aggravated. But if Jesus was here, he'd put it on. And he wouldn't complain about it. Because somebody else's life matters more than his. And he showed that to us in Scripture by coming and becoming human. I wonder if that's just one easy way that we could put on the attitude of Jesus today. Simple thing, silly thing, and you might not like me because I just said that, but I just thought that was a simple example from this world that we're living in today. What about our right to mock people or put them down or defame them just because they think differently than us? Or to make a Facebook post about them, about how stupid we think they are. Because they think this and we think that. What about those who do things that we straight up think are wrong? What if we laid down our right to openly try to make them look foolish? What if we said, I want to be like Jesus so much that I'm not going to make anybody else look bad at my own, for my own glory. I'm not interested in looking like the smartest one on Facebook anymore. I just want to be like Jesus. Jesus loves these people. I don't know if you saw this going around, and I hope this doesn't make anybody mad. But there was a Facebook post this week, and it was signed like Jesus had said it. And it said this. Don't get mad at me. It said, Kamala is beloved. Donald is fearfully and wonderfully made. Mike is cherished. And Joe is important enough that I died for him. And it was signed like Jesus said that. I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in our own need to know what we think and our own attitude about things that we forget that Jesus died for all of us. And that his attitude was one that said, I'm going to leave the throne behind. I'm going to leave all the privilege behind. I'm taking the gun out of the holster, taking the badge off, sliding it across to the chief and saying, I'll go be human because I love them so much. I want them to have eternal life. And I'll lay down every right and every privilege and everything that makes me the biggest guy in the room for their sake. I wonder if we're willing to give anything up today so we can have the same attitude as Jesus. Number two, Jesus got low. In verse 8 it says it. Let me read it to you again. Verse 8 says, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. Jesus got low. What does hum- humility mean? It's not a word that we like very much. You guys got very quiet when I asked you to say humbled. We don't like humbled. Does anybody like humbled? No. Eating humble pie, that was like something your grandma would say. What does it mean to take a low place? The de- definition of humility is a modest or low definition of one's own importance. Being humble really means that I'm so conscious of my own weaknesses and I'm quick to give credit for the great things other people do, or the great things God has done, knowing I could never accomplish it on my own. That's humility. Jesus could humble himself for this reason. He knew what he was really worth. He'd come from the Father. Jesus knew who he was, so it was very easy for him because he was so secure in his own identity and who he was, that he was the Son of God, that he could make himself very low. He could wash somebody's disgusting feet because he knew he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so today, if we take on the attitude of Jesus, we know what we're worth because we belong to Jesus. Because he came to save us. He left heaven to save us. It's easier to take the low place. I think there's a couple simple ways. There's two really simple ways to be humble and to take the low place. Number one is to read your Bible every single day. You know what reading your Bible every day says? It says, I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. There are things in me that need adjustment. Let there be light. There are things in me that need to be changed. There are parts of me that aren't healed and aren't whole. And I need to go to the Word of God, the authority on everything about living on this earth. And I need to spend time there so that I can be better. There are things in me that aren't complete yet. I need time with God to fix those. The second thing is praying every day. These are two easy ways to be humble, to take the low place. I'm sure that if you ask God to show you how to be humble, he'll show you other ways. It's like but asking to be humble is kind of ask, like asking for patience. You know, we don't really want to do that because, you know, things are going to come along that are going to make us have to exercise patience and humility. But what if we made a fresh commitment that we want the attitude of Jesus Christ because we want to live In WeVille, we want to be a part of a community that's bigger than ourselves, bigger than us as the individual, and that the person next to me means so much to me that I'll change things in myself for their benefit. I'm not the big dog. I'm not the be-all, end-all. I'm not the most important thing. There's something bigger than me. It's this community of believers, and it's also wanting to pull others who aren't in this community yet in with us. And if there's not something different about us, how will they ever notice? If we're not working to take on the attitude of Christ Jesus, what are they ever going to see in us? Oh, well, she, you know, she never lets anybody step on her. She can defend herself really well. Or she's got a really smart mouth. She's so funny. Do I want that or do I want somebody to say, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. But you don't let things get to you the way other people do. You come into work every day and you're just ready to work and you have a good attitude and you're happy about it even when things stink. Spend time every single day in God's Word. Spend time every single day talking to God. Tell Him what, what stinks. Tell Him what's great. Tell Him what you're scared about. Tell Him what you're excited about. But talk to Him as an admission that He's God and you're not. And you need Him. And you want your attitude to be like His. And you know you can't get there on your own. It's a way to say, Jesus, I want my attitude to be like yours. So I'm going to read what you wrote. And I'm going to take time to talk to you because you're the goal. Not more like Carrie. Not more like anybody else on this earth. More like Jesus. And number three, in verse nine, we see that in the end, Jesus got the glory. That therefore that's in verse nine means all the stuff that happened before it was building up to this here. And I'm almost done. Jesus gets the Glory. It's only possible to get the glory because Jesus is willing to to give up his rights and to humble himself. Those two things put him in a place that God then says, your name gets to be above every other name. Because you weren't worried about you. You were here for my glory. Jesus was willing to do things like wash feet, even though he belonged in the highest place. And that's what made him worthy of the highest place. It's very, very American of us to want to fight to get to the top. We're going to bare knuckle it. We're going to give it everything we have. But the reality is in that this upside-down kingdom that's called the kingdom of heaven, that we're citizens of this place called the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't work like that at all. It's completely upside-down from everything you'd see on TV, everything somebody would tell you, you've got to scratch your way. You've got to give everything you have to go after the biggest and the best and the brightest and the strongest and the most money. Give give everything to that. But the kingdom of heaven says give it all away. Lay it all down. Take off the gun, Put take off the badge, push it across the desk and give it back to the chief. And watch what he'll do when you take the low place. Watch what he'll do when you humble yourself and you say, I need you, God. I cannot make it. I cannot do it. I don't have what it takes. I need you and I need the rest of this people in this community in order to be anything like you, Jesus. Because that's the goal. We become more like Jesus and we bring other people in with us. To become more like Jesus alongside of us. In heaven, if you want to be great, you have to empty yourself. If you want to be first, you have to be last. And in Luke 14, Jesus tells this quick story about what humility looks like. He says, beginning in verse 7, when Jesus noticed all that had come to the dinner, they were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table. Jesus gave them this advice. He said, when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the place of honor. I'm <coughs> sorry. What if someone who's more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host is going to come and say, give this person your seat. Then you'll be embarrassed. <laughs> and You'll take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, Jesus said, take the low place. Take the place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he's going to come and say, friend, there's a better place for you. Then you'll be honored in front of all the other guests. The goal for us is not to get the glory. The goal for us is to humble ourselves, to take the low place. The goal for us is to get low so that Jesus can be exalted. Because when we do those things and Jesus is exalted, he says he'll draw the whole world to himself. It's that our lives lived out in front of our neighbors, they'd see Jesus in humility, that they'd be drawn to Jesus That Jesus would get more glory like Pastor Dan talked about a couple weeks ago. That we would be carriers of his glory into every place we go. That people would notice Jesus because we have Jesus' attitude. That we will, this community of believers, would be populated and grow because we've been willing to take on the attitude of Jesus. And just in closing, several years ago in the church we were in in Tennessee, there were a worship team. I'm sorry, you can come. I always forget that part. The church we were in in Tennessee, one of the things they did was they put on conferences and they would bring in famous preachers, which is a weird thing to say. But people who've written books, like if you went to, you know, the Christian bookstore, which don't even exist anymore. But if you looked on Amazon under Christian. Whoops. Ashley, how dare you? I was about to tell a good story. I'm totally I'm totally being silly. That will humble you. Right there. I'm completely humbled. (laughs) So this church used to put on conferences, and they'd bring in famous guys and women, people that have written books, people that we've probably studied in small groups. And some of them would come in, and they'd send this list like, I need Fiji water to drink. The only drink I'll drink is Fiji water. Or I want to be picked up at 6.42, because Andre can tell you, because he did a lot of the driving. "I, I want to be picked up at 6.42 so that I walk in when there's three minutes left in the worship, Because they didn't want anybody to talk to them before they preached. Because they would get distracted. Or some of them, the minute they could finish preaching, they would like fly out this side door here. Like shot out of a cannon. Like they didn't want anybody near them. And it began to like make us think a little bit. After years of watching that. Like man, they preached really good. But like, are they a real person? And then one of our most favorite preachers. One of the people that we've admired the most over the years. He came. He asked Andre to bring him early so he could talk to everybody. And he turned around in the pew and he talked to Jack and told Jack maybe one day they'd go hunting together. Talked to my girls and told them that he had two boys and a girl, not two boys, two girls and a boy, that his family was opposite the guard. And at the end of the service, he stayed until every person who wanted to say hi to him had said hi to him. And he signed every book and he prayed every prayer. And that man leaked humility and he leaked the attitude of Jesus. And Andre and I, after meeting him, looked at each other and said like, yeah, all the other ones are cool and great, but when somebody walks away from me, I want them to have said they were humble and they looked like Jesus. Who cares how great the message was? Who cares how impressive or how big your following was? That guy was like Jesus. you know, there's been things that he said that I don't completely agree with since then. But you know what I remember? He leaked humility. He had the attitude of Jesus. He cared more about people than anything else. And tonight we're going to sing this song that just says this simple phrase in the course that says, If more of you means less of me, take everything, Jesus. And I wonder if you'd stand with us as we sing this song. It's really a song of consecration. That says, I don't want people to see more of Carrie. I want people to see more of Jesus. Maybe if you want to kneel, you can kneel or raise your hands or close your eyes. But as the worship team sings this song, would you make it a prayer tonight? I want my attitude to be Jesus' attitude. I want the world to see more of Jesus and less of me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.